You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all, back to the Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Navarez. Of course, I'm part one of one because... Technically, I guess I would be a half of one. You know, you know what I mean. Of course, Brandon Laurie is here. Brandon, oh my goodness. Um, I was not here last week, as you know. So thank you so much for taking the reins on our beautiful Writer's Block podcast ship and making sure that it sailed into the right direction of amazingness. Um, Appreciate that because, yes, uh, I had to work the Stars game. And that is all I'm going to leave it at. I'm just going (laughs) to... Not say anything else, and I'm going to leave it at that, but always appreciate your hard work in making sure that this goes smoothly, even when I'm not here. Well, they do say one is the loneliest number, so I'm glad that, you know, our one is technically two, but that's okay. Uh, But no, it was a great episode. Danny Phantom was awesome, so shout out to Danny, and of course he has his show, The Star Seminar, that everybody needs to go check out as well, too, with Ravel Rouser. And uh, it was great. We had a good time talking about uh, contracts and kind of negotiations that the Cowboys should have within the next few years uh, about players like maybe like an Oso Odegizua, um, definitely, you know, a Terrence Steele, Tyler Biotish type. So it was a great conversation. And if anybody wants to go check it out, please do so. But yeah, happy to have you back. Definitely. I know I said that it's good sometimes to take a little bit of a break, but that was all in jest. Uh, Definitely working with you is definitely sometimes a lot easier than other people. Wow. I'm just going to say, I did hear the episode and I did hear that you weren't going to miss me that week. So uh, a little upset with you and Danny for uh, talking some smack behind my back, but uh, all in good fun. I uh, love Danny for filling in, love his stuff as well. So yeah, go check out last week last week's episode. Hello, I can talk, I swear. Um, if you haven't already, and while you're at it, you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, you can follow Brandon at Brandon is right, W-R-I-T-E on Twitter. And you can follow me at Jess underscore on Twitter as well, because we are in that part of the season where things start to ramp up a little bit and then they get slow again right before they ramp up into training camp and then preseason and then boom right before we know it we're back in the swing of football season which i know i miss uh brandon so i'm having under 100 days now right insane right yeah. i september is right around the corner uh green day's probably already taking their nap in preparation to be woken up when september ends haha Love that. Good it's one. never too early to throw that joke in there. Um, so we are in mini camp season. The Cowboys already went through OTAs. Um, plenty of stuff that you can hear across the Blog and Voice podcast network. Go to our website, check out some articles on some thoughts there. But it is mini camp week at the start in Frisco. These will be held from June 6th through June 8th. And before we get into uh, kind of some thoughts and all that, I thought it was just a good refresher to remind you of what the NFL rules and regulations are for minicamp uh, for player safety, of course. So players can practice for 10 hours a day with a maximum of 24 hours within three days. Physicals are on Monday, no practice on Mondays. 
practice Tuesday through Thursday. They can have a day off on Friday. They're allotted up to two practices, totaling three and a half hours on the field per day. And then the second practice is limited to walkthrough activities only. Again, all of this to keep the players safe. You don't want them working too hard too soon because now would not be an ideal time for injury. Not that it ever is. But again, this is to avoid injuries going into uh, the tougher part of the offseason going into training camp and preseason. So... With that being said, Brandon, how do you feel about this time of the year? Are you just kind of ready for this little break after minicamp? Are you ready for training camp? Do you like minicamp? What do you feel about this part of the season particularly? I think when I was more of a fan, I was expecting more with OTAs and minicamp, especially rookie minicamp. But then as I started really diving into more on the football side of things, getting into heavy on the journalism side, I realized that you kind of alluded to this. Like, this is not the time of the year that you want injuries to happen. So you're not going to expect much to come out of it. You want to see formations, maybe lineups where... Like the Cowboys, they, they're still trying to figure out what who they're going to play at left guard. So there was a big shuffle in and out of people at left guard last week during OTAs. People were saying it's Josh Ball, it's uh, Matt Willetsko got some snaps there. Uh, Tyler Smith uh, has been exclusively at the left tackle position. Um, you know, uh, Awesome Richards, like all these guys. And so you really take a lot of that out of it, not so much the practice, who's performing really well, because at the end of the day, it's a lot more installed. They're trying to get ready for training camp, and that's then where you're going to really see people start to separate themselves. I know a few years ago, Maurice Kennedy was somebody who stood out in training camp and really shined, but then when it got to the regular season, it just kind of fell off because he was dealing with concussion issues and everything. So look for training camp to be sort of your... Uh, litmus test of where the Cowboys stand at certain positions, certain things, especially when trying to figure out that left guard position. I think really right now they're just trying to figure out what the best lineup is to go into training camp and then start with that you know, blueprint and then really go from there. So I look at it as it's going to be great to see minicamp be a little bit more aggressive uh, than what we saw with OTAs, but I still wouldn't get your hopes up. Um, we, we in the media and, and us as writers try and fluff it up as much as possible, kind of going behind the curtain a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, don't expect a lot. Um, and at the end of the day, all you really want is just no injuries to take place, like you said, Jess. Absolutely. And for mini camp, you and OTAs, you kind of start to see what competitions are forming that, yes, have been speculation on the media side of things. But maybe there are pl- players or guys thrown into the mix that you just didn't think of before that, you know, maybe you're so caught up on. Is it Cavante or Deuce? You kind of forget yeah. that Malik Davis is kind of thrown in that mix, too, for uh, that returner competition there. So. Just some things to keep in mind and a very good reminder from Brandon that what you see during rookie minicamp or uh, OTAs or minicamp in general is not set in stone. It is just one of those, hey, we're trying to fill things out. And especially right now for Mike McCarthy, he's still trying to rebuild that offense in phases. And you're seeing it take place phase by phase. So you're not even close to seeing what the final outcome of that new playbook is going to be uh, for the Cowboys offense. So speaking of the Cowboys offense, Brandon and I have been going through and we've essentially been giving the Dallas Cowboys progress report uh, based on positions, right? So we've already done uh, tight end and then we did quarterback. We're going to stick on the offensive side of the ball here and we're going to do running back today because it's just obviously a very important part of this Cowboys offense. But not only that, we keep hearing some rumors circulating around that we want to talk about there as well. So let's go into our running back room. Currently, you have Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, Ronald Jones, Deuce Vaughn, and then Hunter Lipke. 
um, who we'll get into a little bit later. But some things I want you to think about from last season. The Cowboys had a total amount of rushing yards at 2,298. 1,007 of those were from Tony Pollard, the most overall. 876 were from Zeke. And then 182 rushing yards came from Dak in that number. 161 coming from Malik Davis. So as far as scoring goes and how, you know, the rushing really did impact the Cowboys scoring, which obviously we know the domino effect leads to wins, leads to playoffs, all that stuff, right? Well, the Cowboys scored a total of 52 touchdowns last season, 24 of which were rushing touchdowns. Zeke had 12 rushing touchdowns, which was not only the most touchdowns from anyone within the Cowboys team in both rushing and receiving, but the fourth most in the NFL last season overall. Tony Pollard had nine rushing touchdowns and the Cowboys had scored a total of 467 points last season. Zeke contributed 72 of those points alone with his ability to score uh, those rushing touchdowns within the red zone and being Dak's clutch it guy, as we know. We're going to start this off about talking about Zeke because you obviously cannot talk about this running back room where it stands now without setting it up to what it used to be, what it has been, and how it's going to change and evolve without Zeke in that conversation. But we know Zeke is no longer with the team, although Jerry Jones is still not counting out the possibility of a Zeke return as recently as Monday when we are recording this. And, um, you know, it's going to be a very interesting change to see this offense without Zeke because Zeke has been a a staple of this offense for years now. Zeke and Dak, I just cannot imagine a better dynamic duo. So it's going to be interesting. But Brandon, my first question to you is on a scale one to 10, hearing all of this, all of these stats, seeing what Zeke has been from the start of his career uh, with the Cowboys to last season, how worried are you about this offense? And we can even go smaller to the running back room in general on a scale of one to 10, one being not worried at all. 10 being I'm freaking out. I'm losing sleep over this. I can't eat. I can't sleep. All my life worries are going into this problem. Where are you without Zeke on this team and Zeke no longer being a part of that running back room? Well, I like to think that my life doesn't revolve that uh, much stress around the running back position to lose sleep over it. I would hope not. I would hope not. But I just had to throw it out there in case you did. We could talk about it. We could get through it together, you know? Well, it's good to put out the actual scale of where things lie. And I do think for me, honestly, from a worried standpoint, I'd put it at a six, maybe a seven. And I say that because... Similarly, what we talked about with the tight end room, it's like it's sort of unproven for the Cowboys and the running backs and who they have. And yes, they do have proven running backs in a Tony Pollard and a Ronald Jones, but how are they going to fit into Mike McCarthy's offense? How are they going to fit, especially with Tony Pollard coming back from an injury, which we'll talk about too. But you have Malik Davis, who is going into his second season. You have Rico Daddle, who's been injured for the previous two years, hasn't really shown anything since 2020. And then, of course, you have Deuce Vaughn, who's a rookie, and Hunter Lipke, that's a rookie. So... You're really like my hope level is at a 10. Like, I really do hope that Tony Pollard comes back, performs really well, but you're losing a veteran presence and somebody who's been in the organization for a long time in in Ezekiel Elliott. And so when that presence leaves, it's not replaced. Similarly to how what we were talking about with Dalton Schultz leaving, you have Jake Ferguson and and Peyton Hendershot as these guys in Schoonmaker that you hope step up in his place and in filling that veteran role. But you can't really, like, from an unbiased standpoint, you can't really look at that and say, yeah, we feel 100% positive in what we're going to see. You still need to see it on the football field. So 
I would say right now it's at a seven because of all the stats that you were. I mean, 72 points is a lot. Like when you break that down out of the, the scope of the offense, that, that's a big chunk of what the Cowboys had in Zeke last year. So he wasn't the same explosive player, but that big body back, the Cowboys are still trying to find and replace. And they do have Hunter Lipke and Ronald Jones that Stephen Jones mentioned today as somebody who can fill that role, but you still need to see it. You still need to see it on the field. And Ronald Jones was somebody who was with the Chiefs last year, didn't really perform, if at all, with the team, but you're kind of hoping that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers days when he was with them, it's not too far in the rearview mirror. It goes back as 2021. So you still have a lot more of a recent sample size, but again, it's a lot of unknown. So I put it at a seven. My confidence level is at a 10 but I'm still a little worried about losing Zeke and not having somebody replace that. Sure, and that's absolutely valid. I think when you talk about the running game in general with the Cowboys, something that concerns me more is how it's going to be utilized, right? I mean, it became almost ridiculously predictable last season when you're talking in the terms of play calling. You're going to run on first and second down. You're going to have Dak pass long on third down. That was just kind of what you expected to see. So some more versatility, not within the running back room, but within – the utilization of it and being more creative with that, I think is something I'm looking forward to um, out of Mike McCarthy's new playbook that seems to be coming along just well. Um, Another thing that we're going to get into and we'll just transition straight to it is Tony Pollard. And as we know, uh, came out of the 49ers game pretty early on with a fractured fibula on his left leg. We've heard from Tony Pollard at OTAs who said he has plans to come back stronger than ever um, pre-injury even. And that's a big promise from Tony Pollard who absolutely has deserved every opportunity he's gotten. He's taken advantage of every opportunity he's gotten and to see his progression, right? Because you're talking about a guy who started behind Zeke his entire career so far. This will be the first time you really do see TP step into that running back one role. Um, Real quick, I want to talk about that progression because you go back to 2019 as rookie season. He had 86 touches on the ball for 455 yards. 2020, he had 101 touches for 435 yards. For the 2021 season, he had 130 touches for 719 yards. And then, of course, 2022, he had 193 touches on the ball, his first 1,000-yard season with 1,007 yards under his belt there. I don't think that'll be the last time you see that from Tony Pollard either. But, Brandon, I want to ask you, how do you see Tony Pollard performing in that running back one role now without Zeke in the picture? That is his for the taking we kind of saw, you know, the the writing on the walls for Zeke last season when you saw Tony Pollard getting more and more of those touches, more and more attention, and, of course, uh, just the speed and the agility that TP has. But how do you see him filling that role, and how different does it look from what Cowboys fans are used to seeing with Zeke? Well, and I think when we were talking about our worry of the position and, and Zeke leaving, I had a seven, but I do think that the Cowboys running back room is getting, is getting faster without Zeke. And I think we we did see Zeke start to lose a step a little bit over the past few years. And that really was because of injury and just a lot of uh, injuries to his knee and everything. So I completely understand that, completely get it. But when you look at Tony Pollard stepping in, he is a faster running back. And yes, he's coming back from injury, but by all accounts, he's saying that he is faster. He's coming back saying that he's better than what he was before. And I think that if you trust what he says, you trust the Cowboys uh, conditioning, strength and conditioning staff to get him back, rehab, Britt Brown, all those guys. 
you have to believe that this running back room is going to get faster. You have Malik Davis, who's also a faster running back. So I think when you're looking at the running back uh, one role on the team, Tony Pollard is certainly a faster back. We saw that last year in a larger sample size. And I think that, you know, when you look at his numbers, Tony Pollard is actually a very, very good NFL running back. It's just the sample size isn't as big as a Nick Chubb, a Saquon Barkley, a Derrick Henry. But the Cowboys aren't expecting him to be that sort of uh, like maybe 90% carry running back because it's just it doesn't make any sense. You want Tony Pollard to be healthy come January, not really use him too much in October, November. You want him to be healthy by the end of the year. And so when you look, I brought up a lot of these stats on the podcast that I did with David Hallman uh, a few weeks back. But I said, according to PFF, with running backs who had a mini- minimum of 50% of the carries for their teams, Tony Pollard was first in the NFL in yards after contact. That was better than Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. And the other thing is, if he has to fill this number one role, the one big thing about Zeke in his game was that he was also a third down back. And if Tony Pollard being a little bit smaller, a little bit slighter, we talked about last year, his pass blocking at the beginning of the year, it really wasn't up to snuff, but he has gotten better. And actually PFF said that he was one of the best uh, uh, pass blocking running backs. He had the second highest grade behind Saquon Barkley in the NFL. So I think overall, he's going to step into this role and fit perfectly. It's just a matter about his health, where he's at. But the Cowboys, I think, don't want to overuse him. They want to make sure that he's healthy for the entire season. So he might be wanting back, running back one in name only. But I think you're going to still see a little bit more of a 60-40 split with whoever the running back two is. And I think that's very similar to what we saw last season, even with Zeke still on the team, is you saw that split to where it was kind of confusing of, wait, who is the starting running back here? Oh, yeah. But you have that. You have the renowned thunder and lightning, the one-two punch that absolutely just worked uh, for that offensive scheme last season. So it's interesting to think about, you know, now who is really fighting for the thunder position or if you want the lightning position, whoever wants what position, whether you're thunder or lightning, who is fighting for that second spot here to be the one-two punch with Tony Pollard, because really that's the kind of system you're seeing, not just with the Cowboys in terms of running backs, but you're starting to see it more across the NFL is that you want these guys to have longevity in their careers. And the running back position is so physical and why you see guys like Zeke kind of deteriorate so quickly is because they're putting so much on their bodies that you have to figure out something to help these guys have longer careers and longer careers post football as well. So somebody like Zeke is the prime example of, you saw how explosive he was his rookie season. We saw that knee injury that just continued to keep nagging and nagging and nagging. You saw the slow, uh, the slow productivity from Zeke, which is interesting that you're talking about one of the top scorers on the team behind the kicker, Brett Maher, by the way, who had 137 points that he contributed. And then you had Zeke, right? So you're talking about a guy that wasn't productive, but was still producing the points when you needed them. He was your red zone guy. He was Dak's go-to red zone guy. And so, yeah, I don't expect TP to be your third down guy, but what I do expect him to be is Dak's clutch go-to guy now, that role that Zeke also played, because you see um, TP getting those off-season reps with Dak in the Dak yard. You see him building that rapport and really strengthening the communication there as well to the extent that he can, uh, given he's still you know, coming off of that injury, so he's not trying to push it too hard. He said that too, that he doesn't want to push it too hard, but that he's full speed uh, ready to go when that time comes. So... 
you know, there's a lot of rookies that we're talking about just within this entire uh, Cowboys team right now. But specifically within this running back room, it's very interesting, uh, the kind of mix that you have within it. And so, yes, we're going to see Tony Pollard have to step into that leadership role with these younger guys because Zeke is gone. And Brandon, you and I have talked about this a lot of the role of that leadership and just the loud vocal leader that Zeke was. I don't know if Tony Pollard's going to be that guy, but I'm very excited to see how he evolves into that leadership role in his own way, because nobody is there to replace Zeke. We've heard that sentiment from Mike McCarthy, from Jerry Jones, from Stephen Jones. Every Somebody is there to really take over in their own way, and that somebody is Tony Pollard. So let's talk about more guys in that room, because you have two names that you may or may not heard of. If you haven't heard of them, you probably live under a rock. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have Malik Davis and you have Rico Dowdle. And I grouped these two together very specifically because these are the two that you're hearing more of right now in terms of the running back two, and we'll just keep it at running back two to keep it simple, uh, battle, if you will. And so let's go in over some background for these guys. Rico Dowdle, a 2020 undrafted free agent. He had a very good breakout season, and he was active for 15 games that year. But then 2021 comes. He's put on IR for suffering a hip fracture in the preseason. 2022 comes. He misses time for a knee scope during OTAs. The guy cannot catch a break from this injury bug, which is absolutely so hard to see because when you see Rico, he's explosive. He's fast. He has those legs. He has the speed. Um, so it's very unfortunate that that injury bug keeps getting in his way. So you're seeing a season now where hopefully, uh, nothing else happens that gets in his way as far as injuries. And you're actually going to see the full potential of Rico Dowdle. On the other side of that, you have Malik Davis, who was an undrafted free agent in 2022. You've heard more about him because yes, Rico was put on IR and just hasn't had the shot that he, uh, initially would have had if the injuries didn't happen uh, in 2022, Malik had 161 yards in 38 touches and one touchdown. So anytime there's a touchdown, count me in, you know, I love that, but they're both very different when it comes to their style of being a running back, which I think is so interesting to why they're in this battle now, because uh, Rico's a little more explosive. Malik kind of takes, I'm not going to say take his time because obviously he's fast, but he takes a little bit longer to get that explosiveness out. And then once he's running, he's gone. Right. So it's very interesting just to uh, see them side by side and what different players they are. But Brandon, my question to you, if you had to pick between those two and we're not getting into the other ones yet mm-hmm. of that running, to, running back two spot between Malik and Rico, who are you going with and why? Well, I do think that, and we'll talk about another guy in Ronald Jones uh, as well, but I think the Cowboys want one of these guys to separate themselves from a Ronald Jones and be that running back two. Cowboys always want to go younger at the position. They definitely saw a lot in Malik Davis to keep him around last year. You know, they they brought him in through undrafted free agency. So the sort of two questions I have around both of them is one for Malik Davis is can he build on year two? You know, we did see a little bit more from him, especially in the preseason that it did carry over, you know, into the regular season a little bit. The Cowboys have had numerous names throughout the preseason history of the team where they flash in training camp. They flash in the preseason games, and it does not carry over. They don't make the roster, and then we kind of forget about them, you know, Lance Lenore being one of them. But 
you know, he had 38 rushes. He had 161 yards. He did have a touchdown. When you go back and watch the games, I was watching a little bit today. And, you know, he had a great game against Green Bay. He had a great game against Tennessee. And those were both games where Tony Pollard was missing uh, for the Titans game and Zeke was missing for the Green Bay game. So when you look at both of those, he had more opportunities. He was very explosive. I thought he played great, especially both defenses were really good in that game. Uh, Green Bay, not as much, but Tennessee is one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. And while he only had, I believe, 10 carries for 38 yards or maybe 40 yards, it doesn't look as sexy and appealing of a stat line. You have to remember that, that the Titans are one of the best. So he did a great job in that game. But for Rico, the biggest question that I have is just, can he stay healthy? You mentioned all the injuries, and it just sucks for a guy where Coming from South Carolina, he had a great rookie season where he was active for all 15 games. He had that 164 uh, kickoff return, uh, you know, not for a touchdown, but it was against the Steelers when the Cowboys needed some sort of spark and juice during that year that was so bad and upsetting. Like you thought, okay, this guy is promising. He can be on special teams. Maybe he's the returner, and then maybe he could be that running back three moving forward, but it just never developed into that. So, I mean, I remember this time last year, the Cowboys – were trying to figure out who the running back three was. And they had about five or six names, you know, going into training camp in the preseason. Dowdle was one. Aaron Champlin uh, was another that unfortunately got injured with his ankle. But Malik Davis, like they were all in this conversation. And we were sitting here after the preseason games on Twitter saying, How, do we remember the running back room being this deep uh, for the Cowboys? And now you look at it and both guys are coming in just a little bit of question marks right now. And so all that to say, I do think Malik Davis has the leg up right now and it's not because of lack of experience or anything it's just Rico has not been able to stay healthy I don't think that's somebody that you can rely on right now but I think they're giving every opportunity to all these guys clean slate see what happens the one thing that I question is when I look back at the 49ers game with Malik Davis he got no carries in that game after Tony Pollard went down and Zeke was given all the carries and yes you want your veteran guy to take the lead at that point but Zeke clearly didn't have the explosion and if Tony Pollard was out, you thought Malik Davis could kind of fill that role. So why did he not get any carries in the clutch? Is it a lack of maturity? Is it something where he was just struggling to perform in big situations? I don't know. So can that be fixed? Can that carry over with now the door being open to being that running back too? We'll see. But as it stands, I would give a little bit of the nod to Malik Davis, but I don't think the competition is by any means over. And that's what, again, what we were talking about. That's what training camp is for. And we'll certainly see that um, come July. Oh, yeah, and I think a big leg up for Malik Davis is he is a special teams guy, and right. we've heard time and time again of how that ends up helping guys make the final 53 is when you have that versatility and you're willing to kind of do the grunt work, if you will, on special teams, work your way up. Look at Cavante Turpin, for example, doing the grunt work as a returner, uh, working his tail off to make sure that he's making a very, very good impression, um, you know, to coaching staffs and saying, hey, I'm ready to be integrated in the offense. And from where things look right now, it looks like Terp is going to get that shot, you know, in his second season with the Cowboys. And so I think Malik Davis kind of has that same opportunity if he wants it, because now when you're looking at OTAs, the competition for returner, I, I don't even like calling it competition because I really think that's still Cavante's spot for the taking. I don't think that's changing. I do think what you're lacking is more of a Noah Brown type of situation where yeah. Noah could step in in Cavante's absence. So I think what you're looking for is that uh, returner two position. So I think that's really between Deuce and Malik. And so if you're being thrown in those conversations, I think you get the leg up uh, as compared to Rico. And, you know, I, I want Rico to be that guy because his speed and his explosion is absolutely phenomenal when he's healthy. But we'll see. I, I again, 
I think a lot of things can happen between now and September. Uh, we'll see what happens, but either way, you, I think, have very good options here when you're coming coming down to both of them. And we're not even at the end of our list, Brendan. We still have more guys to go through. Well, and the one thing I wanted to ask you is when I was going through this and trying to figure out where does Rico fit on this team right now? Like, I couldn't really find a spot for him. Like, I, I do think that for him, he's more of in competition with a Ronald Jones more so than a Malik Davis. I just I do think that the Cowboys want Malik to take that next step and give him every opportunity to be that second running back. But when you look at what made him stick around in 2020, it was being a good kick returner. Well, like you just mentioned, that position is kind of filled right now with Cavante being on the team and Deuce. Running back two seems to be between either Davis and honestly the veteran presence of Jones. The Cowboys might want him to stick around as well. And so running back three, like, well, that has to be special teams. That has to be somebody who's, you know, very versatile. And Deuce Vaughn's younger, healthier, and more willing, it seems like, right now to step in and do everything possible. So I'm looking at Rico's fit right now, and I love the guy. I think he's awesome. I, I wish that he stays healthy and for his career and for his, you know, long-term health. But what role do you see right now? Because I, I couldn't find a spot for him. Yeah, I think if anything, you might be looking at a wide receiver five or six position for him. Mm. I do know he was getting some offseason work with the DAC, and we saw him in some pictures at the DAC yard, right? So maybe not even mm. is a, a running back, but you get a versatile guy on that point, which even then we, we haven't even dip, dived dived deep into the wide receiver room and it's so stacked right now. It's yeah. so hard to say because the competition there is already very, very stiff. Um, so I think if anything, you're looking at maybe throwing him into that conversation in that competition. Um, I would say, you know, if I were him, I would be absolutely gunning to be like, Hey, put me in this returner competition too. Yeah. give me some of that. Um, because he needs it. He needs to be part of special teams and his body type fits that returner, you know, esque kind of position, right? He's he's a smaller guy. He's fast. He's speedy. So for me, if I were him, that's what I would be doing. But then again, you go with the injury history there. It makes you a little nervous as a coach to put a guy out there that has that stacked of an injury history, especially when you're talking about your hips for a returner position and a very vital part of your body that creates your speed. So um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where he fits or if he fits in, but um yeah there's there's plenty of options I, I again i think to answer your question the best option would be kind of trying to vie for um a spot in the wide receiver room as well and be versatile and maybe not be that third down guy for Dak, but maybe be one of the clutch guys that i don't know maybe can come in and, and surprise all of us so we'll see but there's just so many pieces to this puzzle that i i think give him a disadvantage at where things are right now, right? Because if you were talking about this last season, the wide receiver room needed more juice, right? Yeah. And now you're talking about a wide receiver room going into this season that you're like, does all this juice fit in this bottle? I don't know. There are so many options here. I don't know um, if we can have all of you guys, which is complete opposite of where it was last season, right? So if you're talking about this in terms of last season, you could say, He's trying to be wide receiver two or three at this point, but now you're bumping him down to maybe five, maybe four. I don't even, I don't even think four. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I can't really answer your question well, because I don't think there's a very good answer for it other than just keeping him at running back, keeping him more, um, more healthy by, you know, splitting the, the touches with TP, or maybe they do a little three way, one, two, three punch. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. But uh, uh, to answer your question, I don't know. Well, and one <laughs> 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) <laughs> and one last thing, and I love how you danced around the question. Uh, very political of you. Uh, but I do think that the one the one thing that, that could be playing in Rico's advantage is that, yes, he hasn't been healthy and been on the field, so maybe his playing experience isn't a lot. But he's been around the team since 2020. So in the running back room with regards to Dallas Cowboys running backs, he's the one that is like the second tenured player that's been around the longest behind Tony Pollard. So he's been around the Cowboys for the second longest. So, yes, Ronald Jones has been in the league a little bit longer. But like Rico knows the people in the building. He knows Bones Fossil. So if he and the Cowboys brought him back like he had uh, the option. They had the option to to give him the tender, but they didn't. They declined it and then just brought him back on a one year deal. So you don't do that if you don't have a vision for a player. You don't want to, you know, you you feel like you need to see a little bit more. I think the Cowboys realize that his career has been hampered by injuries, but they see the vision. They want to believe in the player. So they're going to give him every opportunity. And I think, like we mentioned, it's a blank slate for them. And we'll see what happens in training camp. I think, you know, injuries are always a part of the game. So one way or another, this will sort itself out on its own. Um, But you just hope that he stays healthy and can actually throw his hat into the ring. Like you said, maybe a one, two, three punch. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just interesting to see for him where exactly he should fit in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, they don't just do that for anybody. They don't just hand uh, those uh, those opportunities out. And I think for him, it comes down to a matter of he hasn't had the opportunity because he's been injured. Yeah. Like we truly don't know what Rico Dowdle can do in these positions. So I think if anything you're seeing because he's been around for so long, the Cowboys still trying to give him those opportunities in any way that they can. Um, but let's move on because we have three more guys to talk about, which is Ronald Jones. You alluded to him earlier, Deuce Vaughn, which the star of the show, we will get into Deuce Vaughn and Hunter Lipke, which is a bit of a new name that has entered the chat, but I'm sure will not exit the chat anytime soon. So let's get into this because let's start with Ronald Jones, a second round draft pick in the 2018 NFL draft. He spent four seasons with the Bucks, one season with the Chiefs. And then during that time, so far, he's totaled 2,244 yards, only touching the ball 202 times. Pretty good if you ask me. During that time, he has had 19 touchdowns, which that's his career. So to put things back in perspective about Zeke, I'm not trying to bring him up all the time. (laughs) But 12 touchdowns in one season compared to a guy that has 19 touchdowns in his career yeah. should tell you something. Anyways, 
Um, the thing about Rojo is that he has caught the injury bug himself a few times. So he's had two thigh slash hamstring strains in 2018. He had a fractured hand in 2020, a finger fracture in 2021, and an ankle sprain in 2022. Um, he, interestingly enough, is one of the most experienced running backs in that room right now. So it's interesting that when we're talking about that running back two competition, his name isn't thrown out a lot because I think people forget that he's still on the roster because yeah. this happened, you know, a while ago. But what does he have to do to get his name in the conversation and really grab the attention to say, this should be my spot. Um, I deserve to take this spot from both Rico Malik what does he have to do to really prove himself at this point? I think training camp is going to be a big, big moment for him. And when you were bringing up all of his accolades, he's been around the league a long time. But what version of Ronald Jones are you getting? You know, there's a quote from John Mashoda from Stephen Jones talking about the big bodied running back that the Cowboys are missing. I mentioned it up at the top. You know, he, he Stephen Jones mentioned Ronald Jones by name, but he alluded to the fact that we got him from Tampa. Like it seems like that the Cowboys are willing to throw out what happened last year with his one year, you know, tenure with the Kansas City Chiefs. He he didn't see the field. He didn't beat out the seventh round rookie in Isaiah Pacheco, go Rutgers. Uh, but he he struggled also too with Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon got a lot more looks as well. So, you know, which version of Ronald Jones are you getting? Are you getting the Kansas City Chiefs Ronald Jones? Or are you getting the one from Tampa Bay where in their Super Bowl run, he had, I believe, over 980 yards that year, 978 yards and seven touchdowns. Like, that's the guy that the Cowboys are hoping now because if he is that running back, too, he might be splitting carries with Tony Pollard, you know, kind of 60-40 type. But even then in 2021, when the Bucks had Leonard Fournette kind of be that lead guy, he still had 428 yards and four touchdowns. That's still pretty good as your backup running back. So, I think the biggest problem, problem, like you said, injuries have been an issue, but also I think a dependability on the field. He's had seven career fumbles. It seems like that he would put te- the, the Bucks in bad situations. Bruce Arians kind of put him in the doghouse a few times. So I think all that to say he's a hometown kid. Uh, he played high, uh, high school football at McKinney North in Texas, so he's coming back home. Does that rejuvenate his career? We see a lot of guys when they go back home to a familiar area you know they're around their family a little bit more kind of rejuvenates their career so maybe a new situation could bring new life into his career um so we'll see what happens but I think he's not getting a lot of looks right now because I think he's still learning the offense he's still trying to kind of find his footing but that's what OTAs and mini camp are for I think when you see training camp start he'll be in that conversation with all these other guys and he really does have to separate himself because the Cowboys would like a veteran player in the locker room between maybe a Tony Pollard and Malik Davis and if he could be that guy that would be great. So that's why I was saying I think the competition is between him and Rico, rather Rico and Malik, because Rico and Ronald Jones are two of the more experienced running backs. It's just kind of figuring out which one kind of takes the lead on that. No, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you brought up the fumbles as being an issue because, you know, you can, you've you seen, um, I remember specifically with Zeke at one point, how much that can impact a game. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because I brought up this coaching chart um, that I have here. And I believe Skip Pete was kind of the one that really put the reins down on Zeke to say, hey, we got to get this to stop. This yep. cannot be an issue. And then Zeke really, you know, started to shine in that aspect of not fumbling the ball anymore. Um, Jeff Blasco, now the running backs coach for the Cowboys. This will be his first year as the running backs coach. Um, so it's interesting to see, you know, because I know there's a proven track record there with Skip Pete kind of correcting that issue. Um, I don't exactly know Jeff's track record with that specifically 
thing, but it would be interesting to see how he's working with Rojo um, to kind of get past that, if that's something they're even worried about um, at this point. And then even go back to the injury history there with a fractured hand, fractured finger, it makes you wonder, hey, is that going to be kind of an issue because there's an injury history there as well? Um, But I think what's interesting hearing you talk is, Uh, To me, this would be a very different conversation of him needing to learn the offense right now because that's where he is and that's where everybody is. So it's kind of even playing field for everybody right now with relearning what this offense is and, you know, what their identity is, what their strengths are. Everybody's kind of putting this little masterpiece of a playbook together with Mike McCarthy. I think had you been talking about maybe a scenario where they had the pl- the same playbook as they did last year and they didn't change anything over the offseason to correct that, I, I don't think he would be in this conversation because if it was confusing for him, I don't really think that would have changed for him or anybody else. But I think now that you have Mike McCarthy taking over that play calling and then you have the new offensive coordinator in Brian Schottenheimer, it kind of levels out the playing field for everybody to really learn and have a good say at this point. And I would just be interested to see kind of what his advice is for the guys in that room, considering he's had a Super Bowl run. Yeah. What did it take to get there in this position, right? So um, everybody talks about veteran leadership, and it looks it looks different in um, every room right now. But I think he's a guy, you know, that can actually give something to Tony Pollard, who is your veteran, right? But to say, hey, this is what the, the Super Bowl run looked like. This is what worked for us at the time, um, and kind of have that, as a contribution as well. So I'm excited to see more of Rojo. I think, again, he kind of slips through the cracks because his signing just happened a while back and everything that's happened since uh, kind of clouds all of us. But uh, he is not the only one we have to talk about. So on the other side of experience, you have two guys that are really just starting out their careers. Um, so obviously you have Deuce Vaughn, the star of the 2023 NFL draft, who had us all just bawling our eyes out. Uh, Deuce is a six-round draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys, which if you didn't know that, again, you're probably living under a rock, <laughs> but that's okay. We're here for you, and uh, that's why you listen to us. But he also has special teams abilities, which we just talked about earlier can really make or break a guy when he's trying to make the 53. So the thing about deuce is he is speedy and something that really comes up with deuce a lot is his size because people look at it as a downfall. And I kind of did some research today when putting down this rundown um, to, to give you some comparison. Okay. Deuce is five, five and 176 pounds. An average running back is around 5'10 and weighs between 200 to 215 pounds. So clearly there's a a little bit of a drop-off there for Deuce, but he insists that it's not a weakness for me. I've learned to play around it. And again, the guy has some speed. He's even, like we mentioned earlier, in the conversation and competition. I think personally to back Cavante, I don't necessarily think to replace Cavante. I don't think that's the case. Others could argue otherwise but what can deuce bring to this room this running back room this team that maybe you haven't seen in a while or just in general what can he bring uh so this is my wet blanket moment where i'm just gonna throw cold water on on the the fan base and everything so i I, I love deuce i think he's gonna be great i think he's gonna be with the cowboys for a long time uh you know and i do think that he's gonna have an impact on his on the first season for him as a dallas cowboy but but there it was uh, there it was i would keep (laughs) the expectations really low and i say that because again he's a rookie 
it's tough to step in right away. Now, running back is different than wide receiver, offensive line. Rookies usually have a better impact, you know, right away at, at the running back position when you're a rookie because all you do is you just see hole, hit hole, run ball, carry ball, you know, for the most part. And I think that he's proven to be a dominant running back at the collegiate level. He is small in stature, but his stats don't lie over, you know, I, I forget what the, the yardage is, but I mean, it's it's absolutely insane what he was able to do at Kansas State. So I don't discount him as a player at all. But I would just say keep your expectations low where if he's not getting a majority of the touches weeks one through seven, you know, maybe it's because he's still learning. He's trying to find his role. The Cowboys have a loaded running back room. That's what we're talking about right now, where you have somebody like a Malik Davis who, you know, showed a lot last year to maybe warrant that running back two spot. You do have Ronald Jones, who is the veteran leader within this locker room. He has two Super Bowl runs, two Super Bowl rings. So it's like, you want to see where he fits and he's still probably going to try and find his way, but that's okay. That's totally fine. All I'm saying is don't, coming with the season in the expectation of him carrying the ball uh, maybe a hundred times for, you know, 600, 700 yards. That's, that's not going to happen. If he gets, you know, 50 carries, uh, maybe 300 yards, something like that, like that's fine. You know, two touchdowns, maybe he's more of a receiving threat. That's great too, but just keep the expectations low this way. If he exceeds it, it's great. It's a positive. Everybody's happy. The other thing is, can he turn into a special teams ace? We're talking about when you're a running back deep on the depth chart, you know, where are you going to fit in? And usually that comes in the form of being a special teams player. He's taken a lot of snaps at the gunner position. You mentioned Noah Brown leaving. I think he will fill in into that role if he, you know, is trusted enough to kind of fill that. Um, so I think if he can get on special teams, then get into the offense afterwards, I think that's where he fits in year one. And then if he can kind of integrate become more of an offensive threat in the later half of the season, maybe into next year. I think that's all positive. So keep your expectations low. I think he'll find a role. What it is remains to be seen. But just, again, don't expect too much because then everybody's going to start going on Twitter saying, why isn't Deuce Vaughn getting all the carries? He's a, he's being, you know, uh, hidden behind all these other guys. It's like, no, no, no. Like, everybody takes their time. Everybody finds a role at their own pace. So just trust Mike McCarthy in the offense. He'll find his role somewhere down the line, but it might not be right away. And I think just his story in general is why he's so intriguing for everybody to want him to succeed this first year and just come out the bat and yeah. be that guy. But you know what? It's it, His story doesn't change where the puzzle pieces are with this team right now. And I hate to say it because I'm one of those people that I want to see him just absolutely kill it and succeed this season but I also know the reality of the situation is look you have stiff competition in your wide receiver room that changes a lot of this discussion yep. you have stiff competition in the returner position and now you have stiff competition in your running back position which are the three roles that you're really trying to vie after you still have to find a way to fit in and stand out at the same time which is such an interesting way to see it for Deuce but um I think his speed is something that cannot be talked about enough because the guy can take off. He looks like a jet when he is <laughs> flying through the field. But um, yeah, I just think, again, this would be such a different conversation if that if the wide receiver room wasn't as stacked as it is. I really think Brandon Cooks coming in changes the conversation for a lot of these guys, Deuce being one of them, and there's plenty of other guys too. So, um, yeah, I, I think Deuce can be a great addition, and he might be a name that 
you kind of just see gradually build up throughout the years. But that's the thing about guys like that is sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to really see where you mold and fit into these offenses or special teams even. But I'm excited for him. Regardless, he has a great story. He's worked so hard to get where he is, and he has a chip on his shoulder, which – you know, he's he's going to make sure that he's working for. So well, and, and um, one last thing I just want to say is the first hurdle that he has to get over is like getting contact at the NFL level. Like, like, yeah. honestly, the first thing that people are going to look for is when he's playing in the preseason, when he takes that first carry, like, is he going to get back up after being hit by a linebacker? You know, and then it's just that's what happens when a guy that size is playing at this NFL level. I mean, you see the videos and pictures of Bryce Young playing as the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Like, he looks small, and Deuce Vaughn is smaller than him. So I'm not saying, again, I, I believe in the guy, I believe in the player, but all I'm saying is we need to see that first. I think he needs to prove it to everybody else. I think he knows that. He understands it, and he's taking it on and, and understanding what he has to do. But once you kind of get over that hurdle, you can see him – take maybe 10 carries during the preseason for 58 yards then okay that's where the base starts and then he can go up from there yeah i'm interested to see how much we see of deuce in the preseason i think that for him obviously training camp is going to be huge but i think preseason is where you're really going to see what deuce is as a player in the nfl so um you know just going to wait to see that so you're talking about um you know guy that's considered small for his position um, and we're going to switch gears to a guy that his size has really been um, the conversation because of the opposite reason of Deuce, not yep. because he's a smaller guy, but because he's a larger guy and he's a fullback that went undrafted, which was pretty surprising, I think, for a lot of people that he did go undrafted and that the Cowboys could kind of snatch him up like they could. But it could be a very good thing because we've been talking a lot about, you know, the lack of having that third down guy. And Brandon, I think from what we've been talking about, Hunter Lipke could be the solution that you are thinking of for taking that third down guy spot. Am I right? Uh, I think so. I know the minute that we were going through the pre-draft process and all these things, I did a, a mock draft series on blogging the boys on YouTube, me and Mike Poland, we couldn't stop talking about Hunter Lipke and we actually picked him for the Cowboys in the seventh round. So like you're saying, he was regarded as probably the best fullback in the draft class and going undrafted. It's not uncommon for fullbacks, but the fact that he got a lot of media hype, he played at North Dakota State, which by all accounts is a very, very top flight program for their conference. And so it was a little shocking for him to see uh, to see him go undrafted. But the fact that the Cowboys got him is fantastic. I think it's a great get for them. I can't remember fullback being this exciting for the Cowboys, for the fan base in a long time. Tyler Klutz was like really the last true fullback that the Cowboys had. They had Nick Ralston, but they've been going through this cycle of Sean McEwen playing fullback. They had uh, uh, Luke Gifford play fullback at some points last year. And then, of course, Connor McGovern in the Hulk package. It's like they haven't had a true fullback. So the guy steps in. People are hoping that he becomes like a Kyle Juszczyk type, and he has every opportunity in the skill set to become that. But we just need to see how it fits with Mike McCarthy's offense. And you can trust the fact that Mike McCarthy has worked with fullbacks in the past. John Kuhn, of course, being the most notable during his time in Green Bay. And John Kuhn had a career year in 2010 when they went on their Super Bowl run where he had 84 carries, 281 yards, and four touchdowns. For a fullback, that is awesome. That is really, really good. So I don't know if Hunter Lipke is going to come in and fill that role right away. But when you're talking about this short yardage back that the Cowboys don't have – 
he would fit that mold right away. He is big bodied. It'll be interesting to see him go from year one to year two when he hits the NFL weight room and offseason conditioning. The guy's going to bulk up and probably turn into more of a bowling ball than he is right now. But I think when you're looking at his experience at North Dakota State, he's had more of a lead running back role, but also as a fullback as well. He's very versatile. We're seeing him take first team reps at OTAs, lining up as more of a tight end out of the backfield in the slot. He's lining up all over the place, so the Cowboys are trying to find a role for him. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits on the offense, but I think also when you're talking about a fullback, again, special teams, when you're back behind the roster, you need to play on special teams, especially at that position, and he's embracing it. Nick Harris did a great article on DallasCowboys.com about him, and he said himself, he said special teams is key. If you want to play on a team and if you want to play for a long time, you got to embrace special teams, and it's something I'm really looking forward to doing. I'm trying to be versatile as possible to help the, help this team. First things first, I got to make sure uh, this, uh, I make the squad and that I learn the playbook. Like all accounts, this guy is ready to dive headfirst, not only being a Dallas Cowboy, but on the offense and on special teams. So he's saying all the right things. I think the goal for him is honestly just to make the squad right now. And if he can do that, find a role being the team's only fullback. There's no competition right now. They didn't bring somebody else in. So I think it's his job to lose. And if he performs really well in the preseason and in training camp, I would expect him to make the roster and be some sort of Swiss Army knife kind of puzzle piece for the Cowboys offense that they haven't had in a very long time, and especially with Mike McCarthy during his time as the head coach. So I think, honestly, I'd be more excited about him than Deuce Vaughn because I think that it's just there's a a clear role and a clear need for Hunter Lipke right now. Deuce Vaughn, he still has to kind of beat out the other guys in front of him, but Hunter Lipke, it's his job to lose. So I'm more excited about him, honestly, than Deuce Vaughn. And I know it's wrong to say he's he's not the storied piece, but I'm excited about where he fits into this offense heading into the season. And I'm glad you mentioned Luke Gifford and kind of the loss that that really was losing him over the offseason, being the special teams guy that he was and the big body and, you know, playing that fullback position. But now you have a guy that's younger. He is he's a monster. Look, I was watching film of Hunter Lipke um, back after the draft and automatically I was like, wait. This guy is coming to the Dallas Cowboys. Like, why are we not throwing a whole parade for this? This is insane. Um, The things that he could add to this Cowboys offense just make it so much stronger and so much better. The things that he could do for Dak in short yardage situations makes me very excited as well. Um, Because you're talking about a guy... And I, you know, I keep bringing up Zeke, beat the dead horse. I get it. But also this is the running back episode. So, of course, I'm going to bring him up. Um, But you're talking about a guy in Zeke Elliott that you lost that had the yak ability to be pushing grown 300-pound men to get you your first down. You're talking about a guy that just absolutely was beaten and battered to make sure that you're getting the first down on those third and two, third and one situations, right? So you need somebody that's going to make sure, one, they have the size to do it, they have the ability to do it, and they have the, the uh, I guess, skill set, if you will, to do it well. And so Hunter fits in very well to a need that um, – one of the very one of the many needs and attributes that Zeke brought to this team that now has to be filled because he is no longer with the team. And to to be fair, even if he was on the team, I don't know how much longer really he could keep doing those kind of scenarios without really getting injured because he has been beaten. He has put his time in. Um, so yeah, to see a younger guy step in that role just 
it makes me happy. It makes yeah. me excited to see more of Hunter. Um, he's very tall. And for me, that doesn't say much. I am 5'1", so doesn't say a lot. Uh, but Hunter is a very tall, lengthy guy. Something interesting is his arm span, his wingspan. Looks like it's going to be very helpful. So he's somebody that I think you can see grow within the Cowboys offense very quickly. Uh, you talk about that year two jump all the time. I see him being somebody that continues to take jumps after year one into year two and, you know, however long that his career decides, or I should say the money and, and everything works out uh, to decide if he is going to stay Dallas Cowboy or not. But I think this sets him up to either be a big Cowboy staple in the offense. Um, and there's, like you said, it's his job to lose, but there's a lot of pressure to see if he can live up to the hype as well, right? Because you talk about a guy that there's clearly a lot of hype around him and there should be, but you have to stay at that standard and see how he molds in well with uh, being on an NFL team because it's very different um, than college. Not to mention that he comes from a pro-style offense. So again, easy and very adjustable there as well. So with that being said, Brandon, what is your final thoughts, final comments on the Dallas Cowboys running back room? What is your final grade? Are you going to be the meme teacher today? How, how are we grading <laughs> Uh, the running back room on your end today. I'm going to say, uh, this is bad. Uh, I'm going to say a C plus. And I say it because of what I talked about again, just the, this unknown, this uncertainty of what you're replacing. And, and Zeke Elliott, you mentioned it. 12 touchdowns is tough to replace. You got to find that somewhere. And if it's not going to be at the wide receiver room, the Cowboys want to run the ball, put an emphasis on running the ball this year. One running back has to come out and be sort of the replacement player for that. Tony Pollard is, of course, coming back from injury. There's a lot of inexperience at this spot right now. They didn't do anything to really address sort of Zeke's replacement. You hope that these two guys in Hunter Lipke and Ronald Jones can step up. But I'm putting at a C-plus right now. But I, by all means, like I said, I have the highest hopes that somebody like a Deuce Vaughn, a Tony Pollard, a Rojo, or Malik Davis, they're going to step up. They're going to fill this role. Like I said, I talked about Hunter Lipke being a, a player that I'm really looking forward to see when it gets to being contact in training camp against linebackers in live action. So all that to say, I'm putting at a C-plus. I remain to be proven absolutely wrong. I'm going to be a tough grader on this, but I have to be because where it stands being unbiased right now, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown, um, but by all means, um, I'm looking forward to the running back room, seeing where it goes from here and somebody separating themselves. And I think Tony Pollard's going to have another Pro Bowl year. I really do. And um, that starts with in being in September, getting ready for the season. And by all accounts, it seems like he's really healthy, ready to take that next step. So I'm positive, but I got to be very neutral right now. That is, you know what? I love that for you. I love that you're being positive and neutral. Um, I'm going to be a little more positive and a little less neutral. And I'm just going to say I'm giving a B minus. Oh, okay. Because... So we're not, we're not like that far off. Yeah, C plus no. B minus, you know, I'm not being not neutral. I just, I think what you're seeing out of Tony Pollard in itself should bring you a lot of hope for oh, yeah. what the Dallas Cowboys can do as far as rushing in this upcoming season, because Look at the season he had, and yes, we can talk about, oh, he's coming off of injury, what can happen? The injury happened at a time to where he's had the proper time to heal and rehabilitate without having to feel rushed to come back in. So he's getting a full full times rest, if you will, and rehab to ensure that when the time comes that he is ready to step foot on the field again. And I'm talking full on game time. I do not see the guys taking the starters, taking preseason snaps again, similar to what we saw last season. Um, I don't see that changing. I mean, why would it? It worked, right? Um, so I think 
when you have a Tony Pollard in itself, who just has so much to kind of, I don't want to say prove, but dispute when it comes to, hey, I wasn't just Zeke Shadow. I'm my own person. And he started to do that last season. I think there's more he can do now. Um, he has to play with a chip on his shoulder. So I'm excited to see the best of Tony Pollard. And I think you're going to continue to see this upward trajectory for him. As for what the running back two spot looks like, I don't know. Um, I, I think the obvious answer when you break things down like we did today is Rojo. But I also think Malik Davis isn't counted out of that conversation. I don't think Rico Dowdle is. And who knows if they want to throw Hunter in there as well. I, I think just, again, you have to take things with a grain of salt where they are now because you don't actually know until September. But I think no matter what, you have advantages in all of them that can contribute to a really good uh, running back room and your one-two punch if they decide to keep that kind of scheme going. But overall, I think uh, the biggest question mark I have for the running back room doesn't even really have to do with who's in it, but it's the O-line and what that's going to look like. So I think for me, when I'm thinking in terms of, okay, running backs, run game, rushing, what is going to happen? I think of the O-line and I fall back on what does that look like and what is the set five? Um, Just, there's so many question marks around that. Um, I'll I'll say I have more questions with the offensive line than the the running back two and the running back group. So we'll we'll talk about that when we do. But uh, the other thing you mentioned, Tony Pollard with the chip on his shoulder, he still also wants a long term deal, whether that's with the Cowboys. He's playing on the franchise tag. And he talked about that. Listen, I'm letting my agent sort that stuff out. I, you know, he, he by all accounts wants to be a Dallas Cowboy, but he understands that he's playing on the tag. He has something to prove. And whether that's here or in Dallas, he still wants his money and he's well deserving of it. So I think that will also add extra motivation to him performing at a high level, coming back from the injury, not letting that hamper him because he still wants his money. He wants to show the rest of the league and the Dallas Cowboys that he can be healthy. He can play still at a high level and get the paycheck that he deserves. So you're saying he's in his prove it season and excited to see it uh, from him. But Brandon, where can the people find you if they want to continue to just tweet you all the things? I know Brandon specifically likes to be tweeted uh, high school musical lyrics. So if you would like to do that, Brandon, where can the people find you? I was going to say that's so random, but I forgot we mentioned that uh, when we talked about the tight ends a few weeks ago. It's just it's so long. This offseason just it drags, but it's also in hyperspeed sometimes. Uh, But yeah, feel free to tweet high school musical stuff. That's fine. Uh, It's going to be at at Jess Navarre's underscore or, you know, we kind of like share Twitter and stuff all that time. Uh, no, it's going to be oh, yeah. it's going to be at Brandon is right. W.R.I.T. But if you want to tweet the lyrics to High School Musical, just do R.I.G.H.T. Uh, do Brandon is right in that way. Yeah, that's my High School Musical Twitter account. Oh, you have your own uh, High School Musical fan account. Yeah. I love that for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? If you want to tweet me, I also accept High School Musical lyrics. Um, I'm more of a Lizzie McGuire movie kind of soundtrack gal uh, myself. But you can find me at Justavars underscore on Twitter, and we always love to hear from you. So, Brandon, we're officially done with this entire running back conversation. We'll come back next week, and we'll continue uh, our grades, or we might just have a little trick up our sleeve. You never know with us here at the Writer's Block Podcast. We like to keep you on your toes. So have a great rest of your week, everybody. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We appreciate it so very much. Um, Again, you're amazing. Don't forget it. You listen to the Writer's Block, so you're automatically just so much better uh, than people that don't. So just remember that if you're having a bad day. 
Go be amazing, be fantastic, and of course, go Cowboys. 